1: It's good y'all welcome back to watch less complex's podcast about movie and tv culture as always i'm cal deputy editor of complex's pop culture channel the homie the summer man Fraser Thark, is with me as always yes sir freight uh, we have some there's some news that's been brimming I feel like over the last, ever since, you know, this uh, COVID-19 stuff has popped up, there's one film that's been on our radar that kind of felt like if, if the year was going to be any type of a success, it would be because this film was able to come out. But we're not going to talk about that right now. I want to save the tears for that. We're also going to get into, uh, you know, a little conversation because uh, summer movie season is pretty much a wash. In 2020, so I, I, I'm old and I wanted to look back at a time when I actually enjoyed going to the movie theater. You are? I, <laughs> it's, it's crazy to think. Don't let the uh, the gray hair fool you. I am, in fact, an old-ass man. Um, and finally, we'll get into a little bit of what we've been watching recently. But before we get into any of that, I wanted to get a little house cleaning done. Um, recently, shout-out to the people that listen to our podcast every Wednesday, Apple Podcasts, 6 a.m., watch less. Um. Last week, we dropped our list of best movies. There was a lot. I mean, one of the questions that people had was, well, I may not be able to see that. Da, 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 da. I'm sorry we had the flex. We got to see some movies that were supposed to come out before Corona. I that. It, it is literally what we get paid to do. But there was one comment. I think it was on my Instagram mm-hmm. that I wanted to address. Mr. Jinx, oh. a, 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 an award-winning podcaster himself. Shouts out to the Mogul podcast. Shouts out, you know, Complex alum. I used to sit next to Jinx, uh, gosh, about five, six years ago. Anyway.
2: If Jinx was in your row, you were definitely doing uh, some heavy conversing. And I mean that in the best way possible.
1: Oh, no. Conversations with Jinx were always amazing. It was, uh, I feel like I I, I didn't realize how big of a fan of Power Rangers he was until I uh, sat near him and saw him geeking out. There was that big, like, uh, collector's set. It looked like it was in a, a stone or an orb. I don't remember what it was. But anyway. In the comments, he didn't say what he felt about the film. It's the reason why I'm rocking, you know, shout out Spike Spike Lee. It's the reason I got the Five Bloods shirt on now. In the comments, he's like, we got to talk about the Five Bloods. And I don't know what he means. I mean, is there, are, are are we putting too much into this film? Is there some dissension in the ranks regarding other critics in this film?
2: In this stage of his career, uh, Spike is arguably respectfully hit or miss. There are two camps. You fall in, in the the legend camp where you give him a pass almost and yeah. um, highlight the positives of the film and the the successes of what he was trying to go for. And then there are people who, uh, you know, understandably can't stop themselves from saying, this is the guy who made Do the Right Thing and, you know, five other of his other classic iconic movies, and yeah. they're always going to hold it to that standard and be upset if and when he doesn't meet that standard. That's right. And I think there's no, there's no right answer there.
1: There's no, there's no right answer, I will say, in a year that's been truncated with film releases. I, I'm not, unless our tastes are totally different, I feel like even if you're not the biggest fan of this film, I feel like it's crazy to say it's not one of the best films of the year.
2: Well, my thing is, I actually am in the camp that's like, if, if Spike puts out a movie that I don't like, I don't like it.
1: Of course, you know? of I course. mean,
2: wait, were you? Damn, it might be story time. I wish D. Scott was here for this. I don't think you were there. Mm. Uh, we're going into the vault, this one, really quick. I, I think quick I've anecdote. heard this.
1: I feel like I've heard this story before, but go ahead.
2: There was one time uh, Spike was putting out Chirac. That's the movie with uh, Nick Cannon. I believe Tiona Paris is in it. Yeah, with Wesley uh, Snipes. Everybody was in it. It's like, you know, his own take on Lysistrata. Mm -hmm. And uh, most people would tell you that it did not connect. Um, Well, he was trying to do a whole musical, right? Like, they were rapping the whole thing. Ah, man. (laughs) I don't know. We had business with Spike at the time. Probably or, or, or we were flirting with a business relationship with Spike Complex.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's He's been Spike in and out of the Complex fold you know, a number of times on a number of
2: things. And there was a time when he would come by the office often. And then mm-hmm. so he's gearing up to drop Chirac. And uh, he invites some of the brass to come through with the screening. And I guess at this point, I've had so many jobs here. I don't know what I was actually doing, what my job thought it was. I'm sure it was staff writer, but I don't Something know if new. it was staff writer beholden to a channel or that was when we were just staff writers at large writing for whoever you were like the, the black movie writer who could move
1: around anywhere that's pretty much your title
2: yeah so i'm, I'm just trying to figure out why i got this invite because <laughs> <laughs> it was this was when mark echo was still in the office every day yeah and echo used to love to i would just be walking by echo's office and he would ye- like yell for me to come in and say like the wildest movie take
1: well, I was going to say, you, but you were always in the field. Like, I remember the the first piece of work I saw Frazier do, I'm sorry, not even writing, was Frasier at the Museum of Sex. Like, you used yeah, to be yeah. on the beat in the streets. So I wonder if it's part of that, kind of like, let's throw...
2: Well, Frazier no, what you need to know about, like, Echo's team, like, there weren't even any Star Wars prequel, uh, sequels yet at this point. Yeah. And Echo once called me into his office to tell me how much he loved the Star Wars prequels and didn't understand the hate. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That type of
1: stuff.
2: Okay. okay. <laughs> so uh it's Echo, um, Mark Fernandez, mm-hmm. who went on to Collider. Yes. Um, NCB, mm-hmm. Noah Callian Bever, Big Brass, and Damien D. Scott mm-hmm. get invited to screen Chirac at some studio spikes going closely. And Ross. Ross okay. went. And mm-hmm. this is probably when Ross was like heading up uh pop culture. Maybe. Yeah, it's would have been a while ago. So Somehow I get to go along with them. We like drove across town in Echo's car and shit, everything and parked there. (laughs) And I don't know what I was on. (laughs) What was wrong with me? Like is a a small studio room. There was like a bike there that I knocked over when we walked in and then legit, I am not going to lie to you. I'm 95% sure I dozed off.
1: Uh, That's the part of the story (laughs) I've always heard was that, Frazier fell asleep
2: at the shot. Fell asleep. This is not like a like a critic screening. This is like a a, a private screening that Spike yeah. Lee himself is hosting. It's literally there you are guys Fifteen like... people in the room, <laughs> and we're all sitting in front of the screen. And I just like I have definitely knocked off a little bit. I don't all know right. that he. I don't think he saw me.
1: That's good.
2: I definitely would have gotten yelled at by Mark instead of laughed at by Mark if Spike Fact. saw me. So Fact. we're all good. But I did doze off on Shireck in front of Spike. Well,
1: uh, hopefully at some point we can get Spike on the show. And I want to ask him if he remembers that screening and remembers you.
2: I would never want to ask Spike Lee if he remembers that because he... That's why I'm here. He can stop laughing very quickly. Well,
1: well, how how about this? (laughs) How
2: about we do this? To
1: to close this out, (laughs) we get Jinx on the show. Yes. We get Spike on the show. Well, Jinx, we've
2: wanted Jinx on the show... um, I hit him um, up. ...a long time. Like, I think December... Yeah, uh, our first month doing this just because and not for a cloud or anything, just because, like I said, Jinx is someone who will engage you on this shit Yeah, all yeah. the time. And we used to like this. This pod is a recreation of the conversations we were just having the bullpen and Jinx mm-hmm. was definitely a big part of that. Yeah. So uh, Jinx.
1: Open invitation. I would love to talk to Five Blood specifically, but any TV movie takes if you guys want to get Jinx on watch less. Adam, I'm not going to give you his act because that's a little too aggressive. But if you know, if you follow Jinx and you want to get Jinx on this pod, let him know that Cal said he (laughs) wants him on to talk about the five bloods. He said, Uh, pull the fuck up. Pull the fuck up. You can hashtag that if you want. Um, But yeah, do that now because we're going to get into this quick break and then we're going to get into some other shit. So hold tight.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: All right, welcome back. Uh, Before we start making Fraser cry, Fraser, you said you had something else you wanted to up to
2: You know, I don't get into too many stories, actually, but that is if, again... We're doing real call to actions in this episode. Let us know. If you want more of those, I got a million of those. Yeah. <laughs> I got, got million, audio. I got a million I, stories that I just should not share. The, the, I, I,
1: there's one piece of audio from one person in particular, just like the moment Fraser walks into their presence and they like immediately have a...
2: Are you talking about Susie from Curve?
1: Yes. Don't say what <laughs> you said though. I, I want to hold that audio. We have to audio. find that. Yeah, I, have, I still no. have
2: that on my phone somewhere.
1: It's sitting right. You send it to me. It's sitting right on my, my desktop. I can play it now if I want, but I want I want I want to tease a little bit, um, and I want to make you cry a little bit because again, this yeah. past week, uh, it was announced, they Warner just said, fuck yeah. it we, we are indefinitely delaying. Ten. I don't know what what does that even mean. The movie was supposed to come out August 15th. It's indefinite, definitely delayed. But then immediately there were rumors that it would play in Europe or something. Well,
2: okay, here's the problem. I don't have a problem with indefinite delays mm-hmm. because that's just where we're at right now. Christopher Nolan was the one mm. who wanted to save the summer. Yes. If that's an L he has to take because of nature.
1: Yeah. That that's just
2: an L he has to take. Yeah. What is troubling is that indefinitely could mean it still just comes out whenever. Yeah. Right? Whenever it's safe to go, you know, whether that's uh, November or whether it's 2022. Not funny, um, <laughs> it could be though the thing that gave me real pause and made me real sad and that uh press release mm-hmm. was some of the language around indefinitely, which is that they want to explore you know other markets where theaters are open,
1: yeah and
2: they want to explore international markets where uh historically Christopher Nolan's movies have made fifty percent of their gargantuan box office That's so China. the problem is. That you know, I don't really know what's going on in Europe off the top of my head in terms of what's open and what's not. But let's say London is open for theaters, yeah. And they just want to drop. They're just he's getting anti, mm-hmm. and they want some money back. They want to try and get out of the red as much as possible. And they drop Tenant in London. It's leaking on here the next day. Like what I don't want yeah. is to watch Tenant at home.
1: It's and well, I don't any- understand
2: anyone who would it's what
1: well, we'll get into that in a sec Because I think that, that's the biggest part of I think your frustration but I I will say and I'm not going to reveal sources I'm not going to tell you how I know this information but there's a film called Peninsula which is technically Train of Hussein 2 that just uh-huh. dropped. it did it did I think it just dropped this past weekend internationally if you go to box office mojo at the time of recording this it made four mil worldwide but if it drops Friday or Saturday, by Sunday, there were cam rips of this film already circulating. See, a film like a film like Tenant, you might get it might if it drops on a because I think UK, I feel like stuff comes out on like a Wednesday or Thursday more often. If it drops on a Wednesday in the UK, expect to have your homie be like, yo, I got this bootleg of tenant right now. The yeah, the very that's, next see, day.
2: I was just thinking like, like a, a 1080p. Legit rip no, it's still no, something no. I don't even want. You're talking about cam rips, no, like that no. episode of Seinfeld with fucking with Kramer and the big-ass recorder, and I can't do that.
1: If you know anything about that side of the internet, you, I've always said you can tell a film's popularity by how quick that rip comes out.
2: Because here's the problem. Here's the problem, too. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, um, my, it's my prerogative to mm-hmm. watch a leak or not, at a certain point, it's not because people are going to watch it, and then one of the most highly anticipated, highly secretive films yeah, will be yeah. being talked about up and down by people who are subjecting themselves to VHS footage. Me, I'd have. And to then watch. I'm gonna like it's either get spoiled or yes. watch it mm. and preserve at least preserve the narrative experience, the viewing experience will be shot to hell, which is terrible. Yeah, I feel like because because of who but I am, I'm going to jump but, in and mm-hmm. be armchair executive. I don't okay. think that's a good idea. To they are banking, they are banking on tenant to save, to help save the movie industry whenever it can drop, right? Which is which is
1: a terrible. I mean, no matter how much money tenant makes, it's a terrible idea. But keep going,
2: yeah. No, I mean, it, it definitely has the juice to to help someone, but it's on- I think it's only going to help in a. Full release, like yes, you're splintering the bread just dropping
1: in Europe. If you're expecting to make any kind of drop in that bucket, and it's a massive bucket because don't forget, Black Widow, Mulan, uh Fast Nine, those are three of the movies that should have been out already. You feel what I'm saying? So, at, at, if, if there was no COVID, so if we're talking money, those are probably also three of the biggest money makers outside of Tenant, potentially at a box office. You have Venom too, and you have a couple other films that. Um, were set to come. I think Venom 2 actually got pushed for 2021 20, at this point. But there were a lot of films that were set to drop this year. So if we went just off of projections of the box office of those, like, five or ten films that should do well, ten is going it, to – it's it's like putting a Band-Aid over, you know, a running dam. Like, you know what? It, that hole is only going to be covered so much. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, again, the best way to, to save that off would be a full – Worldwide theatrical release, IMAX, all Dolby, all of that.
2: Yeah, man. At this point, I'd settle for seeing like, ten at like my local fucking Nighthawk or some shit, which is just like a, a very fine movie theater. Like I wanted, to, I was expecting to see this for the first time in IMAX, yeah. nine story screen, Lincoln Square.
1: I mean, again, Fraser's birthday's <laughs> coming up um, at the Summer Man on Twitter, Instagram, and guess if, what? If, I'm
2: not getting shit for it. I in was gonna say
1: if 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 you got the perfect gift for Fraser right now, you wanna get him a decent sized projector that has to fit into, you know, a decent sized apartment. I'm not, you know, talking about anybody I don't know how big his apartment is, but you need at least something to fit into an apartment. You have a sound bar, right? A couple speakers?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the sound bar and my dad actually just gave me this huge subwoofer shit we used to have in our house. All right, so so I was you, like, my nigga, what you want me to do with this? Everything, I'm gonna get kicked out.
1: You need at but. least
2: like five or six more speakers
1: to hang like around the room. You, if we're gonna give you the proper tenant experience at home, we're gonna have to put in a couple thousand dollars on your uh, your entertainment system because I, I at this point I think that's. That's the only way you're going to be able to see it on a screen, not the big screen, but just a screen in general. Um, I really
2: I really appreciate how you're looking out for me. But I did, um, you know, you bringing up my birthday is actually a great segue mm-hmm. to our next segment that yeah, we're yeah. doing in this Brown Robin episode because we are talking about summertime memories in lieu of having new summertime memories. It's been a, a lost summer, to put yeah, it This It's, a, it's a,
1: a bad summer for people who love to go to theaters during the summer.
2: And uh, my birthday actually usually always gives me a fire action movie. My birthday is oh, July yeah. 30th. It's perfect
1: timing. Coinc-
2: coincidentally, I think even just the last couple years, like uh, all the Mission Impossibles have dropped mm-hmm. that week. Uh, Atomic Blonde, which was a mid-movie but had great action. That's a good summer like a action movie. Tenet mm-hmm. was going to be my fucking birthday. <laughs> I actually share my birthday. Me, Chops, and Christopher Nolan, all born on July 30th.
1: Yeah, should have a drink. Get, on Zoom. get on Zoom and have a drink together Or something you know?
2: Yeah he's gonna need it
1: <laughs> I mean he's still got his check It's just you know Whatever those are residuals and points on the package No no
2: dude I promise you Christopher Nolan is stewing right now He is yeah, having no, the, worst, the worst year of his life
1: No mask Like he sees a mask and he just gets frustrated He starts kicking chairs and shit got
2: I mean you know, what everyone's saying That we can get this under control if we wear a mask I think you're gonna see a, a Christopher Nolan PSA With like Mm-hmm. uh Christian Bale and Joseph gordon levin tom Harding whoever else get wrangle
1: <laughs> they walk on there with mats and rip them off and just start going crazy <laughs> nah, no but yeah summer i mean being the summer man and and being a fan of movies i mean every summer you were just in the movie theater like how often were you going to the movies as a kid in the summer
2: oh i've been going to the movies as, as much as i can remember bro i mean my parents yeah. enabled that crazy and uh you know when you get in that i was in that intermediate before you're allowed to go to the movies by yourself Mm-hmm. But I still like. I-, I had like a flashback the other day of like just how early my parents were letting me see R rated movies, ah. just because of like timing my life from growing up in Brooklyn to then moving to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about like fucking Hollow Man.
1: You love that film.
2: Yeah, but I realized I saw that the year it came out. I was ten years old. Oh yeah, no, that you. my parents <laughs> have me watch that. <laughs> And talk on, though. on one hand, I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you guys?" But on the other, it's like, "Hey, it worked out well." You know, good yeah, yeah, yeah. for. They're like, "All right, it could, it could have worked." This is what he's into. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it started out a budding career, so
1: you know, they, 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 they help foster that. I think. Um,
2: but also, I, I, like some of my favorite summer movies, too. Not to cut you off. No, okay, um, go ahead. Just it's it's just a fun escape sometimes, too. Like I remember moving into my first apartment and. Uh, Manhattan and mm-hmm. this during like one summer and uh we didn't have AC yet mm-hmm. and literally movie theaters were just like a quick escape during the day when you had nothing to do like mm-hmm. I remember going to see uh, Angelina Jolie's Salt mm-hmm. yeah. it was a, I, hot, that was a I, hot summer I, I, I kind of hated but yeah, it, a it was a great AC escape
1: yeah it's a it's fun enough good two hours I think because well that I think that's my thing I um most of my memories of going to the theaters especially as like on a regular basis were with my cousin in south jersey and i i'd see him every now and again but it was like every summer i might go down and we only live like 40 minutes away but like i'd go down there and be there for a month so you know we would go to cherry hill go to cherry hill mall catch a couple of films or whatever i think because when, when i think of summer movies i think of blockbusters and mm-hmm. i wanted yes I'm, definitely i'm old enough and I think the first real blockbuster I ever experienced was the first Tim Burton Batman. Like I I, I remember because I would have been shit, am I showing my age? I would have been eight years old. I would have turned nine that October. That's so high. so like the McDonald's trips. I remember because I think like now nowadays, like you would see this in like Entertainment Weekly where they do a special issue where it's about a whole film. Back then, I don't know what publication put the magazine out, but I've got the book, and it's it's all the inside stuff about Mark Michael Keaton's his design of the suits and oh shit like God. that. And and the I don't if I if I still had that stuff, I would be so happy. But I if, need I, that. I, I, I but it, it's one of the first times I remember a film really just like taking over my entire life. The toy, the 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 Prince album, like that was Batman was my everything that that summer. Um, and I think other films that have, uh, you know, I, I remember finally going to see stuff like uh, Demolition Man during the summer, like my aunt, because my aunt didn't care. She It was me and my cousin were like, yeah, we want to see this. That's
2: All a cool right. classic.
1: Yeah. And then we would go and turn up. But I will, my favorite, my favorite summer movie going memory. We just had a 25th anniversary, summer of 1995. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, South Jersey, but there's in Penn Salkin. Uh-huh. There's a spot called the uh, and Mart. But like right near there, they had a, what was it? It was a UA. What's that? United Artists? Whatever that theater was.
2: Yo, um, RIP UA.
1: Yeah, that, that was our spot for a while. Went there, open at night for Clueless. <sighs> now, it was because you, you mentioned about, you know, being only so old to, to get into certain films. It's the only movie we could go in to pay that we wanted to see that we could pay and not have to worry about anybody else being with us i remember <laughs> getting nachos and watching the new paula abdul video before the movie came on it was weird i never there was mtv with because the, the, the theater was packed it was it was jam- i don't really go to the theaters on opening weekends like that especially now but it was packed love the yep. film
2: I miss how they used to do the pre-roll before movies. It was, and the, uh, the only place you can really get that experience now is a place like Alamo because they're doing it out of nostalgia. We're like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, like if you go see, um, like I saw the the most recent Halloween there, mm-hmm. I think, and you know they'll have all this trivia about the old series yes. and all the old franchise mm-hmm. and run old commercials and shit.
1: I wish I would love that. They they my AMC. It's it's commercials for like local chiropractic offices and, a, and so uh so whack what's her name um maria menuno she's always she's got the trivia but it's always like it's so canned and she's just doing i don't know whatever but so this is the thing went to go see clueless loved it it was a friday i think we, we went to go look to go see how lo- old were you
2: so you're saying I, you weren't old enough to get an ra to film by yourself. this would
1: have been 95 so, so yeah, i'm, I I'm I interested
2: been, to know because of uh you know some of the ways i came up yeah. And some of the shows I gravitated to that, that uh, you know, typical guys tried to play me for. Yeah. like My boys would be like, why are you watching this one? Like, why not? There was yeah. no stigma around Clueless? No, I think
1: because you got no, a No, like, master-
2: cliched, like, this is a chick's movie?
1: No. Well, I and think not that- to say
2: that I agree with that stigma I, mean, at I all.
1: I, 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 I could see how people would say that, but I think, um, I mean, MTV was everything. It, MTV was essentially the internet now back then. So Alicia Silverstone was all over everything. Okay. Um, the, it, it felt like a very like now like modern. It it, it was just the film. Just it was like I would imagine it was the same craze of people going over like Sex in the City, where like every, it was probably primarily geared toward one audience, but everybody. It was too. It was too big. Of a you. Phenomenal. You were playing
2: yourself if you didn't. One hundred percent. You tried to front on it.
1: There's no. There's no way you could walk around and be talking about as if and not have seen the film. So. Film drops, we'll see it Friday. We have a, 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 my cousin's sister is a year older than us. At that time, she was old enough to go see, or she was gonna go sneak in to see, shit, what was, Species, the film where homegirl turns it, she was an alien that turns into a woman. And we yeah. were like, shit, that looks crazy. We wanna go see that too. We go, You going tomorrow? Bet. Let's get some money. We about to go see. So we were amped. We go. We go to the UA. Split second, my cousin's sister dips. I don't know where my. I don't know where she went. It was it was Saturday, so it's kind of packed. Fuck it. We can't get into anything else. Watch Clueless again. The second night. <laughs> got the <laughs> same same Nacho, same Paula Abdul video, same amazing. But yeah, I was I was pissed because. Because you were talking about, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, reactions, things like that, and it made me think. Like, even if there were movies, were like, I didn't go to see them in the theaters. A big thing during the summer too was just renting VHS tapes. We would we would hit the uh, the local VHS spot right near us, and I think. Later that year, I finally did get to see Species, and I'm like, I'm kind of glad we, we we ended up not
2: going. To I've America. actually never seen Species, and it always seemed like something I never wanted to devote my time to. It's but more cool. important question, do you remember the Clueless TV show? Because I, again, remember watching that growing up yeah. in New York before I moved, I think.
1: I was, I, I remember. I don't think I'd
2: seen, I don't think I was old enough to see the movie, but I had watched a little bit of the TV show, then obviously I went back and saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, the, that's a top 10, I think. The, sh- the film? Early yeah yeah big, big like top 10 all the time.
1: Big classic. you again, you're playing yourself, if you haven't even watched the film. Um, I wanted to watch Kalu the TV show, but there were a number of people who weren't on it from the film, and I yeah about that was a, to oh. take it out of it I, uh, I, I was really over it. Um, were there when, any other:
2: when weeks? I think about when I think about summer uh, memories, you know, mm. like I said earlier, a lot of that that early stuff was um, my parents having to indulge me before I was even old enough to go. To see some of the stuff that I was really interested in on my own, mm. and uh, one of my favorite movies on the cusp of that of that era, I think it must have came out when I was like thirteen, mm. was uh Collateral.
1: Mm, you really I like still that me-
2: man, that's also top ten for me. You know how I feel about Tom Cruise the movie, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know,
2: outside of whatever he does in his personal life, but yeah, he, that's one lucky I, that
1: he's still a star.
2: Man, that's when I remember watching, like to this day. That club scene or Mark Ruffalo getting lit up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. I mean, hey, you know, Cruz is really like the last action hero. Yes. I don't know. After him, it's – there are conversations in other circles you might talk about, you know, if Drake's number one, who's who's a successor. I'm not saying Tom Cruise is Drake, but it's interesting to think about once once he hangs it up, I don't know who would take over the reign of like this summer blockbuster King. I don't know if there's one. You know what?
2: Hold on to that. That's Mm -hmm. a, that's a whole other pod.
1: Oh yeah. Stick stick (laughs) a pin in that. We'll get into that at some point. Um,
2: But then you you also bring up like the, just the the notion of sneaking into movies and it reminded me of another funny story too, where, uh, you know, once we did get old enough to go ourselves and we were trying to finesse R-rated movies, like me and Angel talk about this all the time. Me, Angel and Damien just from growing up in our side of Jersey how they would always have cops stationed
0: Jesus.
2: outside the the high profile. Like Damon uh, talked about, how you know there were, there are cops outside of Eight Mile, and definitely in you know oh six oh seven whenever I was growing up. Uh, any movie they felt like could get a high rate of sneak ins
1: they had one of closely. the boys
2: stationed on. So we try to see The Departed
1: mm-hmm. at
2: our uh, local theater, where they where technically it would have been easier. Mm-hmm. somehow i was the only one that got in and all of my boys t- got caught and had to go watch the movie that we paid for which was the uh ashton kutcher like uh rescue diving movie oh, with Jesus. like kevin cost yeah damn. and i i just i left them to die like i did not care that I, they didn't I make mean- it in i had no solidarity and definitely just watched the departed on my oh, own i would have that might have been my first Martin Scorsese movie because I was like fifteen. Mm.
1: Damn, that was real. You felt maybe I had seen
2: Goodfellas. At the, yeah, dude, come on.
1: <laughs> I think uh, I'm trying. I don't. I mean, again, I don't want to get into like too much of a uh, going to theaters and stealing stealing seats. But I'm trying to. I, I don't. I don't even. Does that happen today? What? Like if so, you buy a ticket, go to the theater. Once they rip your ticket, I don't know if. There's anybody around.
2: Yeah, so um, not to promote bad behavior.
1: Yeah, I I don't want to promote it at all, but it is interesting that uh, you can just walk in. I feel like you can walk in the most stuff at some point.
2: We're talking about movie going as an exercise for like sometimes just uh, wasting an afternoon and wasting meaning you had nothing else to do. Like it's still two
1: two hours in the AC. It's like it's all you need sometimes.
2: So there are, you know, thinking back to my college days like Union Square, Manhattan, especially like some of the bigger theaters mm-hmm. is my point. It is very easy to just come out of your theater mm-hmm. and then float on anything on the same floor
1: yeah. that's starting yeah.
2: at a similar time, and just kind of dip in there. So there were definitely days used to do that. Between that or like a, like a Christmas break where there's really nothing to do. You can easily see at least two movies in one afternoon. But then the other wave though, almost everything is, is like ticketed seating now.
1: Yes, yes. Assigned it's, it's, seating. It's, it's a lot more. So that changes,
2: that changes the game a little bit because you don't want to be that guy who's getting up every four yeah. or five times when someone shows up. So when I, when I did it most recently, what I did was I actually just opened Fandango and see which seats are open <laughs> before I park in there. It's got to be a movie that, that you know is not going to sell out, though. Like, I did you, it for, like, bo- I did it for Bombshell or something.
1: Oh, uh, okay. And just, just Like, like real- and,
2: you know, like, that's not like a, that's not like a, a a pack theater type of movie.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. Very, very small awards, seasony late-year thing, yeah. I, I mean, we're, we're talking about this, and I mean, it's not, oh, my God. But, I mean, regardless, I think. Once the movie theaters open up, they're going to kill all of this. They're going to have to earn... They're going to have to make sure they take every fucking dollar. They're probably going to have people posted on every door to make sure nobody's walking in without a proper shit. Yeah, but it's...
2: It's bad. If you care enough to go to the movies, especially because it's not like whenever they open up, it's not like there's going to be a a vaccine and and Corona's going to be just dead completely. So if you care enough to go to the movies, then you should care enough to put money back into its pocket. Yeah, If you're going to the movies... During that first month that it opens up, then you care about the industry, yeah, and you should be focused on stimulating it.
1: And I'll even go a step further. And I've heard that I've heard people say this before. Uh, uh, Shouts out the kid Fury on the read, totally on topic, but not in terms of movies. One of the best ways, like, let's say, there's a weekend where a movie's coming out. I mean, let's, let's say the weekend Queen and Slim came out. By the time it came out, I'd seen it, maybe even seen it twice. Mm-hmm. If you want to see that film win, the best way to do that is buying tickets but i don't think a lot of people think about the fact that like you can cop a ticket and then just not go you know what i'm saying like let's say there's you know I, 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 let me i want i want to see because i know a lot of people did it during black panther too it's like i want to i want to see this film win let me try if i have an extra 12 dollars for the matinee or whatever it is i'm not gonna go
2: let me just put money towards the seat there i've done that once or twice and only because it sounds uh ridiculous when you say mm-hmm. it especially like in this economy. Yeah, it does, it does. Who has but that type of
1: money sitting around? The
2: thing is that we see a lot of shit for free. Yes, yes. So, uh, And it's our job to support it here and on the site and everything. But, you know, like you said, box office is what matters ultimately. So there yeah. have been, like, one or two times where, like, you wanted to see a movie and financially for what that could mean that I did just uh, cop a ticket because I didn't have to cop a ticket before. To
1: go see it, yeah. It's, it's, you know? it's, some, it's something to think about, cause, uh, you know, in, in thinking of – nostalgia and, you know, the, the, the problem tenant and all that stuff, the only aside from Hollywood putting dope shit out that people are going to go see it. The only way that the movie, if you love the movie industry to keep it going is to support it. And and for many of you, it probably means supporting the small, and it's, it's a thing we talked about since the beginning, you talk about, you know, AMC and Regal, you might see a bankruptcy thing, but I think they're probably going to be doing better than some of the smaller, uh, Mom and Pops are, you know, two screen things. So, you know, it's something to think about as, you know, the restrictions get lifted. Um, fun conversation, mm-hmm. though.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, we're getting back to to just uh, summer movie memories. We we ran through year three, right? That's Demolition Man, Batman, yes. Clueless. Yes. I think if we're so looking at mine, I, I had to limit it to movies that I actually... Saw it because some of my favorite movies of all time were actually released in the summer, but you know of that, that's like fucking Chinatown.
1: Yeah, that don't okay. count. You, you you don't you don't get points off for your age.
2: No, nah. so you know thinking of some of mine, uh, we already talked about Collateral. Another mm-hmm. another one, you know, my guy that I still remember to this day watching and being blown away was Minority Report.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was an
2: insane movie, yeah. and uh again, shout out to my parents because they always they used to like we'd be in there friday night like Mm -hmm. opening night and then you know going from that another big thing that became that's a thing now like the idea of seeing a movie first at the midnight showing Mm -hmm. is part of the rollout now to the point where we have thursday releases and to the point where it's gotten to a point where uh the thursday release isn't even midnight anymore like you can see avengers endgame at nine or seven o'clock yeah on thursday Mm-hmm. But there was a time when that midnight release literally meant midnight. And I still remember um, my uncle, shout out Curtis, who used big to enable uh, both my Jay-Z stand and my uh, movie nerd, nerdery, even more than my parents. Yeah. He took me to my first midnight showing ever oh, uh, for Spider-Man 2.
1: Wow, that's a big one.
2: That That's was, I mean, people undervalue like you know, shout out Tom Holland and everything, but people mm-hmm. undervalue how big those Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies were. Like, yeah. those were blockbusters. The fan base was super hyped that that they were making them and making them right. And that was like a that was like a thing where people would, like clap when the opening yes. credits first started. And yes. shit. So that was like a crazy, crazy experience that I, I went on to pretty much see almost every movie that I could at midnight that I was like really hyped for.
1: But that's also like it's it, it's dope to be able to say not only was it there at midnight, but it was like for arguably the best Spider-Man film, yeah, ever. Yeah, so that's kind of that, that's kind that's a that's a that's what I call I talk about when I'm talking about you know real summer movie memories. Um, if you're out there and you have any summer movie memories like that, hell, or even better, hit us up at Complex on Twitter and Instagram. Actually, I want to shout out a dm we got the other day after our best movies conversation uh i don't know i don't know this cat from some guy named jake i think he lives out in colorado or something he was like he said yo i really appreciate the movie stuff you guys were talking about this year but can you guys talk about some other stuff that you've been watching especially stuff that's not new so i i I wonder freight like because we can't go to the theaters now, like your Saturday afternoon or your your mm-hmm. downtime from work, what are you firing up to be to 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 get that old feeling back, or to just have like you know a dope summer twenty twenty quarantine movie night?
2: Are you asking me what's on my letterbox?
1: I mean, look, this year specifically, you've been really good at keeping up on Letterboxd, right? Like you weren't up on it last year.
2: Yeah, I I, I was never uh, that interested in it until I like you know I wanted to keep track. Of everything yeah. I watch, I used to like make my own spreadsheets, which felt ridiculous. And it was like, all right, here's this app that's just kind of doing it for me. I wish they had TV. Yeah, I, I think they have
1: some shows, but it's it's a vi- compared to the vast amount of movies on it's very small. Uh, I, but there might be a lot of new stuff.
2: I would have to say Letterboxd is keeping me very sane in quarantine <laughs> in ways that I did not expect.
1: It's it's fun to just sit there. because once you enter it, like you don't really realize it until you look at the whole totality. Like six months in, like shit. Look at how easy it is to track
2: it all is, of these
1: films.
2: It's the pure, it's the purest social media app. Yeah. and these challenging times. So uh, I got a couple on there. I'll keep it to good stuff. Okay. Because I did <laughs> watch, you know, shit like Less Than Zero recently.
1: Mm, yeah. You've been, you've been on slap. one. You've been on one lately. Uh,
2: the movie I watched most recently, actually, just a couple of days ago, I watched the shit at, like, 2 a.m. and was, like, captivated. Mm-hmm this movie from 1992 called the player starring tim robbins directed by robert altman
1: i I vaguely remember the poster for that i had
2: ross put me onto it i had never heard of it it's a dark like hollywood satire yeah and it is brilliant like it's you know a a big thing about letterbox is the rating system Mm -hmm. this is probably of the movies that i've never seen before that i've been watching this year on logging this is the first five star. Really? Yeah. love that. I,
1: I never, I remember that. Fantastic I feel like, movie. I feel like this would have been a movie that would have been uh, playing ad infinitum on, uh, or ad infinitum on, uh, on uh, the movie channel back when this would have hit TV. Um, shit, Tim Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg's in this?
2: Yeah, so Tim Robbins plays a Hollywood executive who gets mm-hmm. wrapped up into this, uh, he's being stalked by a writer that he turned down. Uh, a murder happens. Shit gets really weird. Whoopi Goldberg mm. plays the cop investigating mm. the, at the studio. It's yeah. very dope. I don't want to say much more. Uh, it's got some great, really fun cameos. Looks
1: like a good amount of people are here. Yeah, we might have to check this out.
2: Then in ter- uh, movies that I have seen before but I hadn't seen in a while, and we're talking about uh, old comic movies from the aughts, mm. Hellboy really holds up crazy.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good. That's a good one to throw on like an early afternoon let
2: it ride. Like, you know, Guillermo del Toro, man. And then um, I watched Ronin for the first time, which I Oh, really? Seen. I'd never seen Ronin. Uh, I love a good, a good, gritty action movie. Mm-hmm. And the, the a, a interesting thing about that movie is it's fantastic. I think I gave it four out of five stars. Mm-hmm. The action is great. The car chases will, like, take you back to shit, like the French Connection and shit, like, you know, we you could yeah. – you could feel the rubber burning, but the plot is nonsense. But it's an interesting, like the pl- there was really a point where I was like, "What? Well, how did we?" You know, it gets from like it goes from like a heist to like a Russian ballerinas and ice yeah. and snipers <laughs> the and shit. I was like, "How did we get here?" Yeah,
1: there's a lot going on there, there's
2: and a it's a rare case of that not mattering, which is really mm. interesting to me. Like usually, like today, it's all or nothing with some mm-hmm. of these things, and it's like, here's a point where, here's a film where the style is so great that it doesn't matter that it has no substance, and it. it's so well cast. It's like, yeah, you see De Niro letting the glocks go off, De Niro with the glizzy.
1: Yeah, mustache De Niro, too, right?
2: And Jean Reno. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, then everything else kind of falls to the wayside, so. It was really what? interesting to see.
1: Yeah, what else do you need? It's almost like those kids who, they don't know how to dress at all but they've got like two thousand dollar shoes on it's like they figure i've got the, these are the hottest things out right now who cares if the rest of the outfit doesn't make any sense with uh with my with my new yeezys
2: um what about you what have you been watching
1: i i was on like a really like a nostalgia kick i think for a lot of june because you know we, we were doing a you know a good amount of interviews so it was a lot of new stuff that i was watching Realistically, aside from the old guard, everything I've watched um, this month so far has been kind of old. I had a a, a, a good stretch where like I, I watched uh, License to Drive, which was it's not a good 80s film. It's one of those. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim and they're like series of wife boy teenage. They're, they're, like this was. It, the, the, in, in terms of the, f- the films that the Corey's have made, this is my absolute favorite. It's literally... Over great. Lost Boys? Over Lost Boys. Over Lost... Wow, I've had just... so, so much more fun in here. A lot of it's probably props to a Carol Kane. She's got like... She plays a uh, uh, Haynes' mom and she's just... Her, her, her voice is amazing. It's just like she's funny and she's pregnant. She's funny in every scene that she's in. But um, it, it's... it's Matter of fact, this is probably typical Fraser shit. The kid... He, the girl of his dreams is like, yo, who are you? He's like, oh, shit, she noticed me. I need to get my L's so I can, you know, get this whip, pull up, take her out on a date Saturday night. Man's goes to take the test. Fails. Lies about it, then gets caught. But then the rest of the movie is like that one night where it's like where homegirl calls him up is like, yo, you trying to, you trying to chill? He's like, shit, fuck everything else. I'm stealing the whip. And then it just turns into, like, a regular 80s hijinks film. It's probably funnier to me just because, again, off nostalgia alone. I remember watching this a lot on, I think it was HBO as a kid. But it, it 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 really doesn't hold up. And it's not even, like, it's not, like, a racist film or anything like that. But, like, it is one of those films where it's, like, the, there's a very attractive woman as the object of this kid's affection so it can be kind of like the way they reference something to be kind of problematic but I mean you can't I don't think you can be in 2020 and look at 80s films the same way which is kind of why I like going back into a lot of these things um, it's probably why I went back and watched The Last Dragon uh, oh my god Yeah, now I mean, that's I, a five star movie I, uh, I love that film. That's, again, a, another one I remember being very tiny and being like, shit, black people doing karate? Like, this is a black uh, Bruce Lee? It's amazing. That's literally what it was in the film. Um,
2: and he used to light up?
1: He, the, the glow, the whole, it's crazy because the, the the movie is, it's, it's not good. I mean, I, I kind of, as as rich as Barry Gordy from Motown was, I wish his idea of being like, yo, I want to make this karate movie with black folks." I wish he would have got, like, better people to make the movie because it's 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 really little uh Keisha knight from Rudy I think it's the fr- Rudy from a C- Cosby show I feel like it's the first time I ever saw her in something she was like three years old she had two lines but yeah the glow at the end where he's fighting show the dude's name is shown up he's the the shogun of Harlem rocking converse Super classic. like classic it, it is the, the stylistically it's amazing um it's a really good look at what uh rich black people were doing with their money in the 80s. Um again, not very not not a a great film, but an iconic one. I think even uh was it the season three in Insecure where they went to the graveyard in LA to watch yes. The Last Dragon? Yeah. I, I remember I that probably was is what sparked it be in my mind a while ago, but I haven't watched it in a bit. So I'm glad I took time out for that. And I think finally it's a film that pissed my son off when I was watching it, but because um, <laughs> it's so dumb, like it made me realize how different comedy. Like, have you ever seen anything with Pee Wee Herman? Like, did you ever watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure?
2: No, I mean, I, I never, I never felt pressed to go back to that.
1: Yeah, see, because you you weren't a child of the '80s, where Saturday mornings was this white guy in this in this wacky house with couches and chairs screaming at him when he says words and shit. I turned on the film primarily because of the opening sequence the whole film's about Pee Pee-wee, Wee's bike getting stolen and he has to go find it he goes on this really ridiculous trip to go find it but uh the opening sequence there's a bit where he's waking up what are those things like the rube goldberg machines where it's like those mm-hmm. little things that, it's that but it's like a whole bunch of shit making toast and you know putting mr t cereal in. The, it, it was just so well done and i'm watching it my son's sitting there and he's he's what he's 13 he'll be 14 uh it's september he's looking he's like yeah, was Like, what the fuck are you watching? Like, what type of like, bullshit
2: was y'all on? Th- in this shit he's...
1: doesn't make. But as I'm watching, I'm I'm cracking up. You know, I'm I'm. I had a couple of beers. I'm laughing. We were doing shit. And but as I'm watching, I'm realizing, like, shit. Keely Herman was real. Was literally SpongeBob SquarePants. Like, it's 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 not that the like the story or the setting makes any sense. It's just this character being in the story and doing all this wild shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, perfect example. He, he's hitchhiking on the side of the road. He's going to pull out every reference. He's going to pull out the thumb, but he's going to pull out the thumb that's like the size of somebody's head and he's going to be out there with his finger. He's like putting his leg out and like pulling up to show a little, like it's the dumbest shit. <laughs> but it, 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 and the thing is, it holds up so well. It's, it's, just random shit. Like the one woman Define who, fine really... holds up. It's just like, it, it's...
2: It's. <laughs> I'm just fucking with
1: you. I'm just like... No, no, no. No, because you would think in a, in a film like that, it's like, okay, well, Pee-wee just... And I'll stop in a sec because I'm, I'm losing all of the children, but Pee-wee is such a character. It's like, how the fuck do you tell a story? But the beauty of this film is like, at the very least, the story has a beginning, and middle, and end. You know, everything, every little bit makes sense. And I think that's something that kind of gets lost, especially with comedy these days. Right. Um, it's so about the gross out or like the most insane thing somebody can do. But I think like there's subtle things with wordplay, and they're just, just like the thought that gets taken into making some of these ridiculous premises come to life. I, that's the kind of stuff that I really appreciated watching Pee Wee's big adventure. I'm I'm not going to watch that movie. I'll probably have to be really old and like, like I'll have to remember Irishman where where Rob Mm -hmm. De Niro's like, old man sitting in the, in, in the room with, like, Dasha Polanco, like, you know, getting... That's a, the next
2: time you're going to watch it?
1: That, I'll, I'll be like, yo, Dasha, can you put Pee-Wee's Big Adventure on for me? I, I, I need to feel like I'm seven again. Um, but yeah, I want to I wanna thank our homie from Colorado for hitting us with the DM. If you guys want to um, ask us more about what we think about films, or like certain films we would recommend based off of, you know, a holiday or our favorite movies from a certain actor, um, feel free to hit us up, at Complex on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm assuming our DMs would be open if you don't want to put anything on the timeline. But yeah, we'll, talk, we'll, we, we'll be happy to talk about any of that stuff. Um, I That's going to be it for this week. But, Frazier, before we get out of here, do you have anything else you wanted to cover? Any, any last-minute shouts you want to uh, scream at Jinx anymore before we get out of here?
2: Thanks. Come on, we got A24 shit to talk about. Come on, bro.
1: Big facts. Big facts. Yeah, Always welcome, Jinx. And again, if you want to see Jinx on the pod, hit him up. Let him know that Callum Fraser is trying to have him on Watch Less. Said it earlier, but Watch Less drops every Wednesday, 6 a.m. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Um, please subscribe wherever you are. Leave some comments. Rate, review. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. Signal boost. We need all the support so we can get people like Jinx and everybody else you guys are rocking with on the pod. Um, again, get in conversation at Complex Pop on Twitter and Instagram. But don't be a dick. Uh, uh, for the summer, man. This Cal signing off. Rose advising you. This Corona shit is not done. I'm sorry to say, it's not done. Mask on. Anytime you're outside, six feet. Anytime you're outside, when you get home, wash your damn hands, sanitize, all that shit. Tune in and watch less. Peace. Peace. Watch Less is hosted by Fraser Tharp and myself, Cal. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Production manager, Chancel Correa. Talent booker, Anthony Allred. Junior Booker, Austin Bailey. Our Director of Talent Relations is Kristen Price Harrell. And our Senior Director of Operations is Jen Stewart. Watch less as a part of the Complex Podcast Network.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.